everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast where a bunch of writers sit around drinking coffee or wine and talk about writing, publishing, or the whole creative process. We do not censor ourselves, so consider us PG-13. Today, it's all about me, and I'm here to read you an unpublished story I wrote. Chirping is a big part of hockey. For those of you who do not watch Letterkenny or play hockey, chirping is the habit and practice of yelling rude things at your opponents on the ice, basically with the goal of upsetting them. Nice sports like tennis and volleyball give you a yellow or red card warning you about your language use. In hockey, you're not allowed to yell at the ref. Although I'm also pleased to say that professionally they're cracking down on sexism and racism, which really have no place in sports. But one of my favorite hockey players is Steve Ott, mostly because of his unparalleled chirping. Steve learned back when he was a junior and memorized offensive phrases in other languages to strategically annoy his opponents on the ice in a language they could understand. Anything that could under your skin, like, your children are ugly, then skate away. It means nothing, but it might upset somebody and it might throw them off their game. And this is pretty standard. This story was originally kind of my love letter to Steve. Hi, Steve. But given that he's alive, I thought that if I recorded it for posterity, I should use somebody already dead that won't sue me. So here you go. Pond Hockey in Hell by Jeannie Warner. There was a new guy beside the lake, staring at the stinking pile of gear at his feet. He looked lost and more than a little shell-shocked. Leo exchanged glances with his wingmate, and the other man nodded before pulling his shin guards out of the snowbank and strapping them on. Stick in hand, Leo took a deep breath and approached the stranger. Hey, kid, you're new here, I see. The new guy was turning over his hands and staring at them like he'd never seen them before. He opened and closed his fingers, eyes wide. He swung his arms, flexing a little, and then threw in a couple of squats. This is amazing. I feel great. He reached up and felt at the teeth in front of his mouth and grinned broadly towards Leo. How old were you when you died? Leo asked bluntly, leaning on the stick a little. Seventy-three, the man said absently, shrugging his way through a delight of a younger body, a body unracked with pain and joint issues. He stopped then, registering the words he'd just uttered. Shit. I'm dead then? Yep. What year do you think it is? Twenty-thirty-two? Leo nodded and waited to see if anything else would sink in. Oh. Oh my God, are you? Leo Boyvin? Hall of Famer Leo Boyvin? I was. Yep. And I can answer more questions later on. Meanwhile, you'd best gear up. The man looked down at the pile of beat-up, stinking hockey gear around him. We get to play hockey here? Forever? This must be it. He'd only gotten the word that far out of his mouth before Leo was already swinging and hit the man square in the teeth. The stranger fell down to his knees, cradling his bloody mouth. His, what the hell, was muffled by blood and pain, garbled. Leo knew the rhythm of that phrase in any language. Exactly, he said and pointed with the end of his stick. The man's gaze followed his gesture. In the distance, shadowed darkness near the center of a lake, a giant monster of a figure was sunk halfway into the ice. Bat wings rose from the shoulders, off into the darkness of a roof too fathomless, too far away to see clearly. The image was worth a stare, and the stranger stared for a long time. Fuck, he said at last. Then Winston looked back to Leo. I didn't think I was that bad. Leo shrugged and kicked bits of gear towards the noob. Yeah, that's everyone's first reaction. No one's a saint. But trust me, there's worse. Now suit up. He tilted his head back to the group, shrugging, sliding, and taping themselves into hockey gear. Wait till you see what we're playing. You're new, so we're putting you on wing. 
I, I played D while I was alive. That earned him a snort. <laughs> yeah, but you don't play D here until we can see how good you are. We don't get enough goalies to risk them early on. Death shock newbies play wing where they can't do too much harm. And with that, Leah left him to finish gearing up and attended to his own protective gear. He slipped flat stones into the backs of his gloves and wrapped his spare socks around his neck and fiddled a little with the cage he'd recently found buried near a pile of ice. It was new to him, but he'd seen how others had them, and he liked the extra few minutes it provided to purchase for him in the game. The human team gathered by the ice when they were ready. From the distant, motionless figures, a dark crowd of demons, devils, and hell knows what all shadowy figures skated in. A roar sounded. A puck appeared from thin air and fell onto the ice. It was pick-up bloodbath. There were no refs, no penalties, no sense of fair play. The opposing team had thick fur and scales or some other hide-bound skin instead of hockey gear. They slashed, checked, kicked, and clawed their way through the ragtam team of once-mortal players. Blood, hair, and teeth flew in colorful spatters across the cold ice as mortal men and women rode through every available player sitting on the icy snowbank. They all waited their turn, not really in shifts, merely biding until a human player dropped and laid still, at which point a new player would head out to take their place. Leo kept an eye on the noob who, as he expected, didn't last that long. The kid was dragged off ice by one of the women who then skated out grimly to slash at the imp who'd taken him out. Vengeance was hers of a sort, and she scored before being buried under a ton of heaving demonic flesh. Leo himself had long resorted to a simple goal for these games, to last all the way to the end and to be one of the last who fell, mouthing off the whole time. And the chirping was epic. The yelling from the snowbank was constant, angry and taunting alike that occasionally seemed to prick the edges of the dark cord that skated against them. At last, all of the humans lay around bleeding on the edges of the ice, and the nightmarish opponent skated slowly off to disappear into the central figure. Leo's mangled body slowly adjusted itself back into a more usable husk. When he was able, he crawled over to the noob, whose bloody, mangled face was slowly recracking and sorting itself into place. Do you get it yet? That was insane, the noob whispered. I didn't think I was a bad person. I mean... I did some crappy stuff while I was arrived here and there, but, you know, who doesn't? Leo eased himself back down to lie on the snow beside the noob, staring upward. I know. We all know. Every man and woman here, none of us was a saint. But we've compared stories, and there were no real bad guys either. But here we are, playing hockey every day for eternity. I'm not sure that was hockey. <laughs> Baby boy, that was hockey. And you get to play it forever. Leo's eyes twinkled as he lifted himself up on an elbow to look down at the kid. This is how we know for certain what God's favorite sport is and what divine mercy can look like, because you should see the fiery pit with poisonous snakes that Aaron Hernandez has to play in. The newcomer stared at him for a moment before. Slowly, painfully, but with actual mirth, he began to laugh. There, now go have a nice hot toddy and think about how you should be much more polite to people, especially online. Also, I'm going to go wash my hockey gear. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the hosts. My thanks to David Welsh for sound editing today and Deirdre Schween always for being my web spider. Your entry and exit music is by Michael Engberg, and we will be back with the full cast next week once quarantining permits. And hey, thanks so much for listening. 